the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Oh, I've been meaning to say hello. It is uh, Pat and Stu and Jeffy yeah. over there. Hello. You don't even have time to look up at the camera when you, you say hello. Hello. <laughs> happy. No. Oh, thrilled. No. We're, we're not happy. <laughs> no. Just know that we're not happy. You already said that. I got it. <laughs> Uh, you know who is uh, not happy as well is uh, the White House because they have a, they have a problem with leaks. Would you say? No. Mm-mm. They had a uh, off the record conversation with a bunch of interns, and the entire thing, <clears throat> even about the part where they said, "Please don't leak this," got leaked <laughs> with interns. They really? Keep the interns in line. Wow. They're having some problems over there. Um, Man. Uh, an interesting part of this is uh, so if you remember this whole uh, Russian meeting story with Donald Trump Jr. Uh, where he says, uh, he takes this meeting to get dirt on Hillary Clinton. But the first answer was not that. It was, uh, you know, it was mostly about adoption. That was their defense initially. And they had to change it almost immediately when the details and the emails came out. It was a really weird response. Well, we're finding out now, reportedly. Um, And again, you can say, well, fake news. But these reports were right the first time when the emails came out and they were confirmed. Um, so some of these reports are fake. You're right. Some of them are shady. Some of them are thinly sourced. So we don't know which one this is yet. But I think it's important to look at these uh, as they come in and, and judge them as uh, an individual basis. They're saying now that Donald Trump on the plane uh, coming back from uh, wherever they were on Air Force One said actually dictated the statement that was about adoption. Uh, Trump's uh, defeat, uh, dictated uh, son's misleading statement on meeting with Russian lawyer. Um, that was after the G20, if you remember uh, that highlight. Mm-hmm. Um, strategy advisors agreed should be for Donald Trump Jr. to release a statement to get ahead of the story. They wanted it to be truthful so their account couldn't be repudiated later if full details emerged. But within, again, why that instinct? Why not just tell people? If you have nothing to hide, why not just tell people? You're telling me these emails aren't going to come out in the investigation? Of course they are. Of course they are. They're emails. Of course they're going to come out. 
But within hours, the uh, president's direction, the plan changed. Flying home from Germany on July 8th aboard Air Force One, Trump personally dictated a statement in which Trump Jr. said he and the Russian lawyer had primarily discussed a program about the adoption of Russian children when they met in June 2016. Now, again, that's one of those situations where that is technically probably accurate, at least at what we know right now. I mean, primarily is, an, is a very active word. It's doing a lot of lifting there in that sentence. Mm -hmm. primarily discussed. Well, if you look at, I don't know, percentage of words in the meeting, maybe you can get to primarily. It was not the reason for the meeting at all. And of course, even when you talk about adoption, the primary part of that is sanctions, not adoption. So it re it's a real stretch. It's like, uh, you know, the one load-bearing uh, post in the middle of a building. It's like, it's holding the whole roof up of that sentence. It's doing all the structural work primarily about adoption, but I guess technically you could say it's accurate. They got a lot of criticism over that, and it was apparently right from Donald Trump's mouth, if you believe these reports. Do you believe him? No. I don't, because that would cast a bad light on Donald Trump, and I won't have it. Stu. <laughs> well, that was, a, that was a pretty convincing uh, statement. Donald, Donald Trump, Trump rise that, write that Do for you? Donald Trump's not a politician. <laughs> Did he dictate this to you? <laughs> At any point? No. No? No. Did he dictate the no? No. No. Did he dictate the, the second no? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he should have dictated a third no. It's really on him in this scenario. That's what I think. <laughs> yeah. That's a stupid I think problem. it is. <laughs> he just stopped dictation. Yeah. And, uh, what was I supposed to do? <laughs> he just started answering honestly, like a real human being. Uh, what it's, uh, you would not belong in the White House, I'll tell you that much, Pat Gray. Right? Um, so they're going to be looking into this. And I, I don't know, again, you look at the, this whole Russian case, the problem is I, you know, they really are doing a lot of, of work to try to hide something. And maybe they just thought this would come Stu, off. Bad. They're not politicians. Okay, that's what I love you about them. Already said this. <laughs> but it's still true. It's still true. It's still true. It's they're still not true. politicians. They're not. Did and Donald so. Trump dictate that to you? <laughs> yes. Okay. Again, never stop your dictation to Pat, because eventually, if you just keep asking, you're gonna get the like the twelfth denial. If he doesn't dictate that, you're screwed. Um, Again, the only thing you can say on this, and I don't believe this is true, because I think there's two ways to look at this. One, they're just erratic people who are constantly trying to win and just say crazy things to the media whenever they think it will benefit them for that second. Yeah. Right. The other thing is all of their actions, all of them from the beginning, are completely consistent with a group of people who actually did collude with the Russians and are trying to hide it because they know it's going to come out eventually. And I don't believe that's the case. All of their actions are completely consistent with people who would do that because it's all of this vilification. Like they're vilifying Robert Mueller. He hasn't even released a word from this report yet. Yeah, I know. Why are they vilifying I, him I, in I advance? Know. I don't know. It's almost as if they think he's going to find something yeah. and then they have to discredit him in advance. Right. The same thing with uh, McCabe, the guy who's running the FBI right now. Uh, obviously, it happened with Comey. It, it, all of these things, it's like almost like they knew maybe something would come out, so they got to vilify these people in advance of the base that already hates them before they release anything. And you know what? I don't really think that that's the case. I haven't believed that since the beginning. But, man, I, it, it does explain the whole thing. I just think there's also an explanation of them. Look, they just like to torture the press, and, and they like to lie. I think they're reflexively. 
uh, lying is the way that they do things. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just their initial instinct is always to lie. And whether that's just because they're too secretive or they just want to win or whatever it is, like, the truth is not an instinct among many people in the White House. Um, I hope there's exceptions. Certainly seems like there are with some of the generals there. There's certainly some good people in the White House. But it's, it's a very, it's, it's, it's an odd approach to these, these problems. And I think it makes it much worse. Oh, yeah. You know, I, mean, I think it makes it much worse. It's going to get a lot worse after they fire Mueller. And then they fire uh, McCabe. And, it, and that wouldn't surprise me at all. And Sessions? Uh-huh. Probably, too. Sessions, Mueller, McCabe. And then you probably uh, whoever takes over for Scaramucci will be fired. I, because it's just, I mean, I, they're not politicians, Stu. And so um, things are being done differently. They're not politicians. Well, in the White House. Yeah, but I mean, so, did Donald Trump... So they're doing things did differently. Did he dictate this response? No, you? not that one. Okay. Not that one. Did he dictate the not that one? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. so stupid. They're also saying another but, leak coming out of the White House, and I have an idea <laughs> who this leaker is, um, right. uh, saying that Kellyanne Conway is being eyed as Anthony Scaramucci's replacement. <clears throat> and uh, the, my belief on the uh, leak of that is uh, Kellyanne Conway. Yeah. Um, she yeah. was actually known. If one of the, if you read the uh, the Devil's Bargain by Joshua Green, who wrote a book basically about it's mostly about Steve Bannon and a little bit about his relationship with Donald Trump as well, and certainly goes through the election, uh, kind of a play by play, and one of those behind the scenes books. Mm-hmm. But one of the best parts of it was uh, it's one of the first few pages where they're talking about um, uh, leading up to the election, and uh, there's somebody trash some inside source in Washington is trashing Donald Trump yet again. And Steve Bannon is watching um, on, the, uh, on TV. And um, they all, everyone in the White House and everyone in the campaign, it was the campaign at that time, apparently knew that when, you always knew who the leaker was because the only time they would be nonspecific with gender pronouns was when it was Kellyanne Conway because she was the only woman who was there actually leaking information. So they'd be like, a person in the White House told me and every time they said that, everybody knew it was Kellyanne Conway because she was the only woman actually leaking information to the press at that time. There's plenty of guys that were leaking information, so you couldn't tell. And they would all say, uh, this, uh, he told me that. But they would all be like, this person, this official. And they knew when they went to gender nonspecific that it was Kellyanne Conway. <laughs> Which uh, my personal take on that is that these gender heteronormative standards need to stop. Yeah, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's absolutely wrong. We need to refer to people as they and them. And she. And she. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't believe it. I, she's, uh, she has not been good in the media. Let's be honest about it. She's been pulled out of the sidelines several times through the campaign and since the White House began. She had, I, she had an opportunity if she wanted that role, I think, at one time to get it. But she's made too many mistakes uh, in front of cameras, I think. You know, again, Scaramucci's gone because he made too many mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it would be odd for them to put Kellyanne Conway in. She is a loyalist. She'll obviously say anything. Anything, no matter what the connection to the truth is, but too many interviews with her result in too many problems. She winds up saying things like alternative facts on the air, and it's not not a good look for the administration. So I don't think, I think what you need is a real professional here. You need someone who really is a professional, and uh, honestly, like, it's going to be, I don't know where you go at this point. They're having real trouble bringing people in who will do what Trump wants them to do. That's, that's why what Spicer you get when you're there. not politicians, right? I mean, what? right, Pat? I mean, that's what you get when you, you put yeah, people who are not politicians mm-hmm. into political office. Did Donald exactly. Trump tell it's you to struggle. say that? Did he dictate that to you? No. Did he dictate that no to you? 
Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> but I think that's it, right? It like, is. You need yeah, someone is. who is going to be close <clears throat> to the vest and will mm-hmm. do a lot more um, avoidance, honestly. You, you need someone, mm-hmm. like, you know, you need, like, Sean Spicer is a good example of this. Spicer comes in, and because it is required of him to say anything in defense of the president, he will say, look at these pictures. The Trump had more people. It's the biggest one ever, I swear. You, can't, you don't need that person right now. And I don't know if Trump can deal with people who don't do that. You know, uh, you need mm-hmm. someone who's going to come up and say, look, it's unimportant how many people showed up. We're in an area now where people watch it online. Uh, you know, who cares? And this is not a popularity contest anyway. The bottom line is he's going to go in there and, do, and, and, and commit to doing good for the country. You want someone who cares about the country or someone who brings out the biggest audience? You need people who yeah. are going to be able to, you know, deflect and not just deny what your eyes are seeing. You, you, you need someone who's going to be loyal to the president, but not blind. And that there is a line there that Trump can't seem to bring himself to cross. He can't because he's too into being the best and winning every time. He, he had to win the audience race uh, against Obama and every other president that's ever been sworn in. He had to win. And I'm sorry, he didn't. So they said he did anyway, right. and that's just the way they are. The popular vote thing is another, th- is another thing. I mean, it would have been much more, it would not have been a major problem for him if he had just come out and said, look, we have a system in the United States of America in which the popular vote does not determine the winner. Yeah. So if I had 50 votes and somehow was able to win the, the, the uh, electoral college, then I would be president of the United States. You need someone who's going to be able to, willing to come out and say, look, There is a truth here. It's just not important. And it isn't important, by the way. It is completely unimportant that Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. They didn't compete to try to win the popular vote. Donald Trump never went to large population centers in in uh, states that he didn't think he was going to win because there was no need to. He wasn't trying to win the popular vote. There is no downside to him losing the popular vote. He's damn president of the United States, and he can't even Mm -hmm. bring himself to cross the line to give that ground of obvious truth. And that is, like, you need someone who's going to be able to do that. And, and while reporters are often unfair to Republicans, obviously, I think, um, and certainly to conservatives, the issue here is they also have jobs to do. And if you will talk to them in a rational way and say, look, I know you're going to write something negative about the president. And yes, he didn't win the popular vote. But here's why that isn't important. And this should be in the story. You could actually get movement from reporters on that. They will include those criticisms. And while the whole piece might not come out to be positive to you, it's not going to be as negative as they've been. I mean, they've been ridiculous. I mean, this Trump, people are like, oh, well, Trump get worse, gets worse coverage than George W. Bush. Yeah, he does. You know why? Because he's a total re- jerk to the reporters. He basically gets their lives threatened by crowds. Uh, he talks to them about everything they do is fake. Well, everything they do isn't fake. And, you know, while they're not as fair to Republicans as I think they should be at times, there's a way of going about it that you can you can at least prove your lot in life. Mm-hmm. You're never going to get great coverage as a Republican president, <clears throat> but there's no reason you can't get your points and viewpoints out there. Um, Trump is so bad at this, and he creates so many distractions that it really winds up hurting whatever message he seems to be holding. Strangely, almost all Republicans are so bad at it. They just can't communicate. They can't. They can't win the the media battle. Yeah, I don't, I don't no, know why. They can't win it. They can't win no, it. They, they can't just, win it. They don't, and, and a lot of times they don't even try. Yeah, exactly. He, he, so. They can't win it, but no one's losing it worse than Trump. 
I mean, even True. Bush didn't lose it as badly as Trump is losing it. He gets, yeah. I mean, he does get destroyed. Well, they hate him, too. And, and they, so, they do hate him. I mean, their hatred they for hate him, Bush I think, too, exceeds though. Bush. But, yeah, you're right. I, I Doesn't agree. it seem that way? I mean, and, you know, I, I dislike him more than Bush, too. But mm-hmm. I don't hate the guy like these no. people do. They, I mean, they absolutely hate him. And nothing he does. I mean, he could, he could, uh, he could pass a bill that uh, legalized all abortion, even up to and including birth, and uh, make it so you could choose to get rid of your child at any time, and they would still hate him. Even in Jeffy's 7,000th trimester? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Especially then. Mm-hmm. They might, well, I would, I would agree with that. I mean, we, well, yeah, mm-hmm. we, we might agree with that. Uh, but uh, you're right. Uh, because there's, but, there's nothing he be, can do. There's always to going to be over. a distaste. Nothing. Right from uh, the media towards a Republican president, and honestly, there's always going to be a distaste from the Republican president to the media, and that that stays. There's always a negative relationship there, unlike with Barack Obama, where there was a real positive relationship. But there's we know something that. extra special. It's extra here. special about Trump, and p- part of it is freaking Trump's fault. Yes, you that's have true. to understand that. Is that. True. You know, uh, just just these reporters. Why they are many of them ideological, and many of them are Democrats. Um, and many of them are unfair to Republicans in general. Absolutely true. Trump goes so far to antagonize them all the time that it winds up be it, it winds up really escalating in the battle. Yeah. And so they're attacking even more. He's attacking them even more. And you know what? Trump applies this to groups that aren't generally negative to Republicans, like the intelligence community. You know, the fact that he is going in there and attacking the... No, George Bush didn't have to deal with an intelligence community that was this negative towards the president or that would, would, would leak things to the president. The same thing with military. The same thing you're seeing uh, with uh, even Republicans in Congress. All of these things are way worse to Trump, largely because Trump antagonizes them mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. You know, he's constantly calling them out. The people who have all the dirt on him, he's constantly criticizing. Now, I think his theory is, if I demean them, no one will believe anything they say. You know what? Even if they come out and they trash me. And to a certain extent, he's been successful, he's been successful with his with base 33, 34 yeah, percent of the population. It's not enough. It's, to, it's, it's not, not enough. enough to have a successful presidency, as yeah. we're seeing. Yeah, I think here. All right. Triple eight, seven, two, seven. Back more patents too, uh, coming up in just a second. But we got to talk to you about your your phone carrier, because if it's not Patriot Mobile, they suck. Yeah, that's that's kind of the new you know? uh, it's a slogan we've given them mm-hmm. um, and they didn't ask for it. Oddly, I mean, they didn't say, hey, can you give us a new slogan? But we came up with that one, yeah. which is if, if you're not using Patriot Mobile, uh, the, you suck. Well, well we've had it tested. We, we went over it with a, uh, <laughs> with, a, with a lot of focus groups, and we did a lot of research, mm-hmm. and people seem to like it. And, well, it's interesting because if you got a letter in the mail, mm-hmm. uh, Hi, I'm Chuck <clears throat> Schumer. Donate to my campaign. You just throw it in the garbage. But you get a, a piece of mail from uh, your cell phone provider, who, by the way, is taking a portion of that money and donating it to people like Chuck Schumer, mm. and you don't throw it in the garbage. In fact, you continue uh, working with that same company. It's, it's a strange choice for a conservative to make. Yeah, and the thing is, a, a lot of people aren't aware that all of these big companies and even the medium and small ones are, are donating up to 5 or 10% of your monthly bill to these liberal or progressive causes. And it doesn't have to be that way. It you doesn't. can go with Patriot Mobile. Yeah. They offer the nationwide talk and text, high-speed 4G LTE data, and really great prices. And then donate fi- up to 5% of your monthly bill 
to a conservative organization that you choose. Patriot Mobile will even buy out your current contract with credits up to $500 or $1,500 an account. I mean, you can't do better than that. And you can keep your phone number. Give them a call. Patriot Mobile will waive your $35 activation fee with the promo code Pat and Stu. So go to PatriotMobile.com slash Pat and Stu. PatriotMobile.com slash Pat and Stu or call them at 1-800-A-PATRIOT. That's 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Hi, welcome. Pat and Stu, 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Uh, so Scaramucci out after, was it 10 days or 11? I've seen both. Yeah, um, I know, I have to. You know, 10 or 11 days. And bother uh, to actually do the math on it. Interestingly enough, he actually hadn't officially started the job. His official start date was August 15th, which means he actually <laughs> really? worked like negative 15 days on the job. Oh gosh, that's <laughs> unreal. That has to be the shortest tenure of any job in history. It's just, I mean, you stand back and you just can't help but marvel at how this administration handles things. It's, yeah. But here's the thing. They're not politicians. They're not politicians. That's why Wait, I mean, it doesn't that's... matter how they handle things. They can do whatever they want. Wait, you're right. you're not, <laughs> not politicians. No, I didn't get that from Okay, you. okay. It just came right, right, off, right, the top right off the top of your head. Did yeah. he tell you to say yes. that? Yeah, okay. Um, it, this is a good version, vision, of the, by the way, of the uh, the women's sunglasses thing with Scarlett. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Look, 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 if you look at the oh, side yeah! of them, I mean, you can really tell. Those are women's sunglasses. They are femi, aren't they? He likes them, though. Hey, you know, to each his own. I mean, obviously, again, I don't ag- agree with these gender normative standards. The guy thinks he is something else, too. I mean, he... Yeah, but he had, I oh, mean, he thinks he... He I mean, thinks he's is, something else. This is the thing. You want to talk about a roller coaster ride. And I know everything with Trump is a roller coaster ride. But think about this life. Right. This guy, think about what, what has happened to him over the past year. Let's go back a year, for example. Yeah. He comes out hardcore in the Scott Walker campaign. And, okay. and hardcore against Trump. Against Trump, he's a he hack called politician. him a hack. He's anti-American. Yeah, I mean, wow. he called him all sorts of things. Wow. And this is a guy who had been uh, for uh, you know gun restrictions and for climate change and all these left-wing causes. Then he gets somehow he gets to Scott Walker, who is a you know generally conservative guy. Scott Walker bails on the campaign. He goes not to Trump but to Jeb Bush. And he, uh, he campaigns for Jeb Bush for a while. The Trump's arch enemy. Trump's arch enemy, low energy Jeb. Mm-hmm. Um, then he goes to, uh, finally gets to Trump after the whole thing shakes out and is a vigilant supporter of his. So vigilant that Trump basically promises <laughs> him a job when he wins. So he promises a job. The guy runs a hedge fund. He then sells his hedge fund because he can't keep the hedge fund and do the job at the White House. Sells the hedge fund. Which pisses for, off his wife. For $200 million, okay, or $190 million. Wow. So good, good. Oh, good I didn't even. realize he got that. It was a lot I mean, of cash. Well, and this is the interesting thing, is that, uh, and I believe this was leaked by Reince afterwards, but you, there, it will be looked into, I promise you, that uh, chi- it was a Chinese investor that paid all this money. All indications are they overpaid for it, and the belief is they overpaid for it because they thought they were going to get access to the White House because Scaramucci was going to take a job at the White House. So they overpaid, and the, one of the stories said there are emails to indicate they overpaid to get access. Okay. So he knew they overpaid to get access? I, that was, was there a deal? Left open. Right. Wow. They wow. said there were emails to prove it. Well, but the problem so who is knows? they're not politicians. But no, no, so they don't, Thank you. <laughs> they don't know Thank that they can't you. do that. <laughs> Hold on, we're only to the beginning of the year. <laughs> so he sells the uh, two, for $200 million, right? Okay. Then mm. he doesn't get the job. 
So he's now sold his hedge fund and is out oh, in the wilderness. Oh, did he think he was going to be out? Did he think he was going to be in at the very beginning? Yeah. yeah. And they didn't give oh, him the wow. gig. And largely it was because it was believed that Reince was fighting against uh, him getting the gig. So he didn't get the gig. Well, then, I think Reince was right. Well, yeah, it does seem like he was probably right back. So they go through this whole thing where... The thing so, is, though, Reince is a politician, but the rest of them are. No, but I know. They we are. got it. Yeah, right, I, under, right. I understand, Donald. We understand your point, okay? You're not a politician, even oh, though... Oh, wow. How dare you say that that came from Donald? How well, did he dictate this you? part of the response to you? Yes, but how <laughs> dare you say it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so now Scaramucci has sold his main job, right? Uh-huh. And at the same time... Is, uh, so he did. He sold it at the end of last year, or the beginning of this year. Yes, right after there. the election, in, in that okay. in that in that period. So, by the way, another side note here: Scaramucci has another gig in which he is an executive producer or a, a main producer of the Joe Paterno movie that's going to air on HBO. What? He's involved in Hollywood somehow and is somehow invested in that movie, which is another bizarre thing. That's really weird. another bizarre side story. So wow. he's got all this money. Weird. He then gets finally gets a job. With the Export-Import Bank, okay? They mm. give him the gig at the Export-Import Bank, which is not the job he wanted, but he takes it because so, he finally has this job in the White He's House. tired of it. Now, this is a month and a half ago. He gets that gig. He's about to take it. Then all this stuff happens with the shakeup of the communication staff after the health care bill fails. Then he's in all of a and sudden. And then he's in. So what he doesn't remember and what causes uh. all, this, all these problems once he has the job is he accuses Reince of a leak of his financial disclosure, which he doesn't realize he had, was already available because he submitted for the Export-Import Bank uh, story right. a month before. It had nothing to do with Reince. So it has nothing to do with Reince. Now he has this problem. He has, the, he has this huge debut where everyone's watching him and everyone's going crazy about this crazy person who's now the communications director with no experience. He has this uh, big blow-up with Ryan Lizza uh, over the New Yorker, where he's trashing Steve Bannon on the record. He somehow forgets to get this thing off the Insane, record. just Disaster. weird, weird, vile. Thing. And not only things. does he say things like about Steve Bannon and wants to, uh, <clears throat> you know, yeah, give himself do, some mm -hmm. pleasure. Uh, he goes through that stuff, but he also says he's going to fire everyone in the communications department. Think of what that does to your staff. Your boss has now said you're going to fire everyone in, in the department. That is not good for morale, right? It's mm -hmm. not good to, uh, to, to get loyalty or anything like that. So we go through this whole thing, and yes, Jeffy, you're, you're going to be fired soon. Um, so anyway. Well, you just said that's not good for morale. Yeah, yeah forget about that. Like yeah, that. but you need to forget about that. <laughs> By the way, I'm not a politician, and that's my problem. I don't, oh, yeah. I'm not a politician. Did I don't Trump know how to handle these things. Did you tell you to say things. that? Yes, he did. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> so, he told me to ask you. If you oh, said, he did? Yeah, oh, okay. he did. And did he, he ask did. tell me to tell you that? To, yeah, no. They, okay. No. Okay. So, <laughs> so uh, now he gets the job, right? Uh -huh. Big debut. He is the, <clears throat> the star of, of Washington. Uh, has this big falling out, bad interview, bad leaks. He goes from on TV every single interview. He had the horrible interview mm -hmm. with Chris Cuomo for a half an hour. Then he's dropped off the map so completely and is not on at all. Then he gets fired. Then, in the middle of that, his wife files for divorce. His wife gives birth to their child, which he's not there for. He texts in fact, a congratulations. In fact, he's not invited no, to he, be there. He texts a congratulations to his wife on the birth of the child. Hey, congratulations. Which also gets leaked. Uh, that's just weird. Then he comes into work wow, thinking he's going to have a normal day. He gets fired. He gets apparently, reportedly, escorted off of the premises of the White House. It's embarrassing. And now he is... Trying to put his life back together. He has no business. 
He has no uh, wife. His child, I don't even know if he's seen his child yet. And now he's been, he's a, you know, give or take a national embarrassment. All of that within, uh, within the last week or two. Um, I mean, That's what you know, happens if you're not a politician and you walk <laughs> into the White House, too. That's what happens. I mean, it, you know, I got to say, after That's all these none trials, of it matters. this is the one part where it kind of does yes, apply. It does. Because Absolutely. you know what? Without experience, you walk, you know, you don't yeah. get names, uh, uh, a communications director to come in and do an interview with a guy from the New Yorker. Which you call and don't tell them it's off the record. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a, that, is, that is an embarrassing mistake uh, from someone who's supposed to be a well, White House And they do it every day. Director. I mean, there's something like this every, every day. day. Mm-hmm. Literally every day. So, I mean, they should be politicians. They should have a yeah, little you, more you po- a little political savvy yeah. than what they have. Now, Spicer had that savvy. it's a mess. And he was terrible. And Reince has that savvy. And look, you know, Reince was and, not yeah, quoted was on the too. record very often. Uh, he didn't have those sorts of mistakes, but every indication is he was leaking like although, crazy. Although, look at Reince and the way he exited. Yeah. Really classy. Yeah. Really classy. Look, I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm going to be a supporter uh, forever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he did the right thing. He actually Shameless. said he did the right thing. He wanted a clean slate with, this, with these new people, uh, with, this, with this new guy. And he did the right thing. That's because I mean, that's he's a classy. Sli- yeah, so he's a slimy politician. Yeah, that was classy. That's what, that's what you get from politicians. <laughs> what? You want people in the office that aren't politicians. I, you know, it's no, true, though. A lot, a lot of <clears throat> being in Washington is that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Did it. Yeah. the ability to, to, when you want to stand up and take that ridiculous stand and say, F you, not doing it. Right. The, the best scene in the, every season. Uh, well, not the best scene, because the best scene is when something happens in season two, episode two of House of Cards. Yes. But oh, that is, that is, that the, is best. the best scene yes. of maybe of, of all television history. <laughs> but the best, uh, my favorite part, and it's underrated, no one talks about this particular scene, is when Frank Underwood, he's talking to his wife, and there's some minor <clears> spoilers <throat> here, but she stands up and she does something. She has that moment where she's like, F you, I'm standing up, I don't care. And he says to her, do you really want to discuss courage? Because she's saying she had a moment of courage. Do you really want to discuss courage, Claire? Because anyone can commit suicide or spout their mouth in front of a camera. You know what takes, really takes courage? Keeping your mouth shut no matter what you might be feeling. Thank you. That is Washington. It's the, it, it captures that really place true. so perfectly. There is a, it's, it's completely counterintuitive, but the courage to, to not say F you is so much more difficult than the courage to say F you. Well, and I will say we go through some of that here. Oh, yes. uh, we and go through I, a lot of it just, here. And there's a lot of things we want to say and about lesser, certain people, and we can't. Yeah. And we, you hold we back. Just on can't. a lesser and note, you, you know, we talk about it all the time when the news people show up to people's front door. Mm-hmm. And you always think, why did you talk to these news people? Because... People think the news is there, the cameras are there, I have to say something. Yeah, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. And you have to have enough savvy, because yeah. if we did say all the things we wanted to say, we wouldn't be here. That's true. We and, just and wouldn't, you know million, we wouldn't be here A anymore. million hosts, a million politicians have come and gone because mm-hmm. they did say it. Yep. And you know what? Yep. That doesn't mean that you ever sell out a principle. No, doesn't mean you right. ever do that. Exactly. But you, you have to but understand. But there are certain things you don't need to say, but that you want to, yep. but you don't. Right. And I will say that, you know, in Washington... Uh, it, it takes it gets taken to a ridiculous extreme because you know what yeah, people does. like you know like <clears throat> Sean Spicer and Reince Priebus both knew that Donald Trump was not a Republican and not what was not a good option. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't say it um, because in Washington you just go along with it and it elevated them to two of the most powerful roles in the world. 
I mean, the Ch- White House chief of staff is arguably the second most popular, even more uh, powerful, even more powerful than arguably the vice president. Oh, I think so. Yeah. Um, and, and it has huge control over what happens in this country. And he got all the way to that area. Now, it didn't work out for him. Yeah. Who does Trump listen to? Does mm-hmm. he listen to uh, does he listen to the vice president? Yeah. Or does he listen to his chief of staff? Yep. He and listens to his chief, chief of staff, his chief of staff and, and, and his and advisors and chief of like staff largely. Ivanka. Uh, uh, dictates the traffic of coming into the White House, what issues get heard. And you know what? Reince could have walked out of there and trashed everybody there. And he he will do it behind the scenes in the press without his fingerprints on it. Mm -hmm. But he could have gone in front of the camera and had an unbelievable high-profile interview on Barbara Walters or wherever he wanted to do to trash everybody. But instead... He sits back and he says, you know what, takes courage not saying something, and he'll be a highly paid lobbyist, or he'll have huge connections to the White House, he'll have lobbyists hiring him for multiple millions of dollars, and he'll be able to take them into the White House, and they will get meetings with the president, and all the things that will give him benefits on the other side. And this is why it's difficult to get the truth out of Washington, because there is a real incentive to not say it. Yep. And only really brave people will do it, and sometimes it's not smart. And once you've been in the White House, and then you leave... Now comes the real money. Now you're going to become rich because you're, you're going to get in mm-hmm. with some firm, either a lobby firm or a public relations firm, marketing, something, something along those. Or you just go and speak and get $200,000 every time. Um, so this is where the real money, and I, Reince knows that. So watch for him to make a buttload of cash from now on. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is our phone number. Uh, so you see me here on uh, on this stupid show and about twenty five others. Uh, we love doing this every day. We love coming in here. You need a certain I amount. Kind of resent you calling it a stupid show. But... Who told you to say that, Donald Trump? Yes. Okay. No, he didn't. He should have told you to deny it once, because then oh, I yeah. wouldn't have followed. No, up. he didn't. No, he didn't say that. Oh, okay. Um, not only uh, do you have the situation... Is that too late? A little bit. Okay. <laughs> That's a chat. Uh, not only do you have uh, the situation where, uh, you know, you have uh, a lot of uh, talking to do, and, you know, hopefully we don't bore you every day. We have a little bit of energy. Um, but also, uh, you know, between marriage, kids, a new home, all the things that go along with being an adult uh, that were so much easier back in the day are here, and they can tire you out. Uh, Dawn to Dusk is something I was told about, uh, and I had never heard of it before, honestly. Um, but when you want a little bit of energy throughout the day, Dawn to Dusk is a great solution. It's a physician-formulated extended-release energy supplement, which lasts up to 10 hours. It increases your energy, it improves your mood, and it stimulates your brain, all with no jitters. Which, I gotta say, if it had jitters, I wouldn't touch it, because that, it, uh, that makes me freak out. I'm, I'm, a little se- I'm a sensitive man, as you probably know. So if you're tired of wasting money on seven cups of coffee a day, and believe me, uh, my wife uh, drinks a decent amount of coffee, uh, it can get expensive. Uh, and then you know you wind up crashing anyway. You're going to want something that's going to give you a boost and increase your focus. This is for you. Give it a shot. Uh, it's from Brickhouse Nutrition. Uh, get 15% off one month's supply with the offer code STEW at checkout when you go to BrickhouseStew.com. That's BrickhouseStew.com. Check it out. Hi there, it's Pat and Stu, 888-727-BECK. Here's a Blaze story. Surprising survey reveals Americans are changing their minds about polygamy. That's not surprising at all. That's the least surprising thing of all time. It's what we've said. I've said this for 20 years. Uh, Of course you have to change your mind about polygamy. You have to. How can you not when we've accepted everything else? Isn't polygamy the next logical step? 
You're not being consistent if you don't. Right. That, I, I mean, I I mean I, if you're all adults, you're all consenting adults, why would loving multiple people of the opposite sex be any worse than loving someone of the same sex? Why would that be any different? Thank you. Yeah, or loving love multiple love, people right? of the same sex. Yes, right. Um, can go that way right. as well. It could, I mean, go, it could go that way. I've never heard of it, but it could happen. It's, and it's interesting. It's one of those things where um, they, they basically, their defense on this was, how dare you compare uh, gay marriage, for Why? example, to polygamy? Well, uh, I'm comparing it because you're making the, the same argument that you're making right. applies to that. Love is love. Right? Love is love. Uh, and you get well, to, of course uh, I can make that argument. get to make their own choice. Now, where you um, go wrong is if you start, uh, you know, comparing it to, to bestiality, and that's where people go well, right, and, and take a really bad not, left turn. That's not because okay. that's not the same thing. No, but human beings who are consenting adults, if if love is love, you can't you can't possibly say. And I don't agree with polygamy. Oh yeah, sure you'd say that because you're Mormon. Yeah, it's we haven't done that since 1893. Um, so just since 1893, though. <laughs> yeah, just since 1893. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Jeffy, how old were you in 1893? Hey. Hey. You don't want to get He uh, doesn't ever divulge his age. No, he does that. not. Uh, but it's interesting because here, the group it says the group most likely to say polygamy is acceptable are non-religious Americans, which is kind of weird because polygamy is all throughout the Bible. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I Bible. think you know, the, the re- religious people have a moral code uh, that would potentially preclude this, as 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 you mentioned, right? Like yeah. you, since 1893, Mormon Church doesn't do it. Um, no church that I know of does it outside of fundamentalist Mormons that have split from the church, right? Right. Um, so, uh, really, I, I should also point out um, uh, Muslims. There, oh, there are yeah, they can do Muslims in the, uh, who do it. I not mean, here, but in the no, Middle East. Barack right. Obama's father, for example. That's right. Um, was, That's right. Was involved in that. Um, so there are other examples of it. Um, but it, the, here's what I always found interesting about it, because I think you could honestly make a case uh, that um, it, polygamy was the one that, in theory, should have been accepted before gay marriage. Yeah. Because if you think about polygamy, if you do it without marriage, it's always been legal and widely oh, accepted right. by the left right. if you're a rapper and you live with 25 models and you're having sex with all of them you're they considered all live your really house, cool you're just considered awesome yeah if you're, you're awesome. if you're leonardo dicaprio and you've got uh, you know, a yes. bunch of victoria's secret models leaving at your house everything's totally fine uh charlie sheen did that. charlie sheen did it right like that was just a cool hollywood mm-hmm. thing to do how many stories of the rock stars have done this forever yep. right if you try to make it into marriage that's where it becomes uh, 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 illegal and so distasteful that you can't imagine it, right? Well, and then when when you mention this to people who are opposed, they'll always throw at you, well, there's a, there could be abuse. Well, there could be abuse in and, any and relationship. There's lots of, there's lots of marriage. In heterosexual uh-huh. marriages that have existed, for, existed forever, there's always been abuse. I we're, mean, we're talking about apples to apples yeah, here. In, yeah. in a loving relationship with polygamous and a loving relationship with hetero or homosexuals. Right. Now, on the you other know, side of that, why is it uh, bad? sodomy was actually illegal. Now, I'm not saying that that's correct or anything, but I'm saying that sodomy was an illegal act in this country as recently as the 90s, right? Yeah, I mean, there when was, was that, that thing case, in Texas. The, the case in Texas in, um, in the mid-90s, was it? Late 90s? Seems like it was. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember exactly <clears> when, and that, then when that, that happened. And was finally decided in their favor. So, I mean, that was the, at no point during that period was hooking up with a bunch of girls at your house illegal. Right. 
So, so it's an odd thing. So it's weird. It's because of contingencies, right? Like there is, I think, gay marriage has a sympathetic group of activists who fought very hard for that. While the only people fighting for polygamy are, you know, weirdo cultists, right? That nobody likes. So that is really the reason for it. But I mean, the bottom line is, if you believe, and and this is where our society is at this point, it's showing even in the polling, even in polling of Republicans, that uh, love is love. You should be able to marry whoever you want. How on earth do you argue against uh, polygamy with that standard set? I mean, you should be able to love whoever you mm-hmm. want. Love is love. Uh, you should be able to, I mean, again, abuse is illegal whether you have polygamy or not. So if, if, a, if a case where uh, a, a, a heterosexual couple is married and there's abuse in that relationship, it's freaking illegal and you stop it. You don't, you don't get rid of marriage to stop that abuse. Yeah. The same thing with polygamy. <laughs> I mean, the, the argument is, and I am not Mormon, um, but the argument is, uh, if you uh, have a situation where there is abuse in a household like that, then it's illegal and you root it out just like you would with any other right. abuse situation. Well, abuse is illegal in every relationship. Right. So it, this is kind of interesting because um, those who identify themselves religiously, Protestants, uh, only 9% said it was morally acceptable. 10% of Catholics and just 12% of Mormons. So don't blame don't blame us. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> we're, but it's, we're it's very people, close to the same. It's the people who aren't religiously affiliated. Yes, what's that? Thirty-two percent of Americans who don't associate with religion, wow. and they they yeah. say the interesting thing is the, the changing attitudes seem to coincide with uh, sister wives on TLC. Mm. And you know, every time you have a show that normalizes something, that does tend yeah. to help sister the wives and acceptance. Then just right before that was uh, the HBO Big Love. Yep, big love. That's right. Another one. That's right. Right Uh, all along in that window started opening the door for that. And there's arguments that if you put somebody, uh, no matter how distasteful, on television for a long period of time, they can rise to prominence. This show is perfect Uh, example of that. Like what? Like what? Do you have an example in mind of? Uh, I'm just saying that you could put a terrible person on TV, make them look really (laughs) smart and powerful, and then all of a sudden maybe they'll be the president. That's a perfect time to break, and then you know come back in a Uh, minute or two. I wasn't saying anything specific. No, I know. I know. I'm just saying saying we're running out of time here. (laughs) See, that's the sort of control we were talking about. Right. See, I didn't even say the full thing there. I I held myself back with incredible restraint. Oh, nobody knows what you were really talking about. No one knows. They don't know. Nobody knows. I just said TV president. It was too ambiguous. It could be anybody. Ronald Reagan was on TV and then he was president. It could be him. Yes, he was. Well, there's some good news coming out of uh, coming out of uh, Washington D.C. Yeah. When I say to you, uh, Education Secretary Betsy DeVos, Energy Secretary Rick Perry, Health and Human Services Secretary Tom Price, and CIA Director Mike Pompeo, when I put those names together, what do you think of white people? Well, yeah. other they are all white. I mean, ag- agonizing white, and white, white privilege. White yes, devils. white privilege. White devils yes. and their white privilege. Which is exactly why they all get together for Bible study once a week. So that's good news coming out of Washington. It is nice that they get uh, together for Bible. Found- it is nice. I, I mean, Ralph Drellinger, the founder of Capital Ministries, says, "Look, it's the best Bible study that I've ever taught in my life." That's great. I'm trying to think. Somebody called uh, Trump a man of prayer. Oh, Michelle Bachman. 
she's t- she was talking about all the Bible reading that's being done and yes. how it's encouraged by Trump and how he's a man of prayer. Yep. And Vice President Pence, I mean, even mm-hmm. tries to attend, you know, when his mm-hmm. schedule permits. So mm-hmm. doesn't say anything about. I guess Donald doesn't have time. I mean, we all know that he is not. This is not a part well, of his life in any in any meaningful way. Which is not. Look, there's a lot of people. How dare you? What are you talking about? How dare you? He's got a Bible. He's got a special got a place room. for his Bibles that he doesn't Thank dare you. throw away. People send them to him all the time. There's nothing. And he puts them in a special place. <laughs> Thank you. Him talking about the Bible is like Glenn talking about sports. <laughs> yes, it is. It's like I he, mean, it is. You know, he's heard of it. That's a great analogy because that's true. It is. He's, I mean, he's, he's heard of the Bible. He's two heard Corinthians. Of, right. Like he's heard of two Corinthians. But like that's what Glenn does. He'll be like, uh, you know... Um, he does that, uh, like, past interference. We had him saying that at one point. He was like, and he just said it in such a weird I, way. I he sure just did. never yeah. said it before. It was like, uh, uh, pass interference. Like, it was like, a, like he had the, the, yeah, the, the, all the emphasis on the wrong. Like, it wasn't, he just doesn't know how to say the things because they're not at all familiar culturally to him. It's yeah. sometimes I, how I feel when we're talking about, like, some in-depth gun issue. I understand the principle of the Second Amendment very well, but I don't know anything about Guns. The inner workings of guns and gun right. culture. I'm not in that world at all. I have and a when gun, we try to two. talk about it, we get the crap beat out of yeah, us. And they all, yeah, and people know about it. And people thought, oh, how could you? It's not a clip. It's a, it's a magazine. And we were like, all right, we don't know. And that's why with Trump, it sounds like when he starts talking about the Bible, it's like he's setting up a joke. Uh, two Corinthians, a Roman, and a Thessalonian walk into a bar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't right, want to ahead. say the punchline. I'm thinking. No, Thank no. You. Please don't. <laughs> also, good news. Uh, you'll be happy to know that a uh, report has finally come out that uh, LED lights are bad for you. Uh, you know, in 2007, uh, the Democratic-controlled Congress that passed the Energy Independence and Security Act, which we were all... And don't don't clear freaking... George W. George Bush signed Bush that. I know, he one. signed it. He yeah, I saw an article trying to blame Obama Yeah, I did too. And, uh, and it's not his fault. That no. would happen no. way before And of him. course, because of this, now LED-related revenue matched revenue for traditional lights last year. So I, I honestly is, am of, of the opinion that LED lights are technically far superior. Well, the issue is we just aesthetically whether you like them. Well, no, what they're yeah. saying, what these I'm scientists like, are like saying is that CFLs. they flicker on and off, on and off, on and off. So a lot of people in the office uh, building setting under those LED lights are getting headaches. Uh, I actually causing... don't have that problem with any of no, the yeah. LEDs we no, have. Now, remember, right? fluorescent lights are different than LED lights. Uh, yeah, a lot of people right. you know, get that. They just think anything other than the traditional is bad. Yeah. LED is a really advancement in technology. It saves good a lights, ton of energy. Usually, they're yeah. good lights. And they're starting to get to the point now where they don't look like that pale white. Right. They can now really color them. So they're nice and bright and warm. Right. And uh, they really, now they're much more expensive, and it's up to you whether you want to spend that but much money. But they still have the flicker the same as the fluorescent, uh, according to this particular study, mm-hmm. which is causing uh, people headaches. You know what's kind of fun? Uh, welcome to Pat and Stu and, and the uh, the thing that ate Detroit uh, right there. Um, oh my gosh. 
you know. He, the thing people always bring this up, and they're always like, does he really deserve that? And we're like, no, of course, he deserves worse. But we just don't feel like that's the wrong, the, the right mode. Do you? You know? Yeah. We, 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 do you? We, you we got a little You don't even spot, understand how often we defend you to people. Oh, my Because they're always like, why do you treat Jeffy so well? <laughs> yeah. Why? They hate him. Oh my I mean, God. they oh my, hate him. My good golly. And, you know, I understand it from them. Mm -hmm. You know, I understand their position on the matter. They're mm -hmm. right, obviously. But, like, mm -hmm. this, we're trying to be, as Glenn has said many times, mm -hmm. do, are we fr fans of progressives? I mean, Glenn, no. Glenn's called progressives cancer, yeah. progressivism cancer. Mm -hmm. However, what is he trying to do? Trying to understand, trying to reach across the aisle, uh, not to, cons you know, to work together on policies because we're going to agree on that, but, I mean, to just have a nice, uh, um, understanding relationship where we can talk to each other again. Right. And, you know, this is the same thing we do with Jeffy every day. Obviously, we want to be much meaner to him. And we, we understand what you're saying. Like, yeah, you're right. He's awful. Mm -hmm. But we are going to come mm -hmm. here every day and, and put mm -hmm. our nose to the grindstone to try to make, you know, this, this mm -hmm. country work a little bit better, Pat. Well, that was beautiful, Stu. That was absolutely beautiful. That's how I feel, you know. I am. I'm I mean, it takes up. an incredible amount of restraint. I mean, was, do I want to tell you the truth about Jeffy every well, day? Of yes. Of course you do. <laughs> I do. Of course. But we're still reserved, and uh, we try to keep back uh, all of it. Can I hit you with a couple of uh, things here? Um, Would you please? Uh, Go ahead. Again, we keep saying this. Like, there's so much crap that happens every day. Sometimes mm -hmm. we don't even mention huge stories. Would this not have been a gigantic story just uh, at any other point in history? White House officials were tricked by an email prankster. A guy who was an email prankster created a bunch of fake Gmail accounts and emailed directly multiple officials inside the White House, including um, uh, Scaramucci, including um, uh, Donald Trump Jr., including, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Jared Kushner. No, no, Jared Kushner was the fake one. Wrote that to Tom Bossert, who is the guy who is the Homeland Security Advisor. Um, in fact, they got to the point where, and I'll thank God this guy was just a prankster, not a guy okay, trying so to influence policy. so he's saying he's, he's, these are from Jared Kushner. No, from a fake Jared Kushner. Right, right. but he's saying he's, he's yes. Jared Kushner. And then he's, uh, what, inviting them to? Right, so at the bottom here, we're arranging a bit of a soiree towards the end of August. Mm -hmm. Be great if you could make it. I promise food at least compar of comparable, qual comparable quality to that we ate in Iraq. <laughs> Should be a great evening, Jared. Not Jared Kushner. Thanks, and the real Jared. Tom Bossert replies, says, thanks, Jared. With a promise like that, I can't refuse. Also, if you need it, my personal email is, and gives him his personal email. That's great. Um, but that, would you have more of these? Can we? Because uh, it's not more? threatening, right? That's it's the only one we have. It's not threatening or anything. It wound up being that he was just a prankster, so it wasn't a big deal. But but he got some real stuff. Here's some. Did he was he visited by was, the Secret Service or anything? Um, I think he's not in America, and you can tell oh. by some of his language he's wow. not in America. Wow. Um, so he writes. Um, here's another one. Uh, and by the way, this the, the concern here is how susceptible these guys are to phishing scams, which well, Podesta can I tell was, you something? Right? They're, they're not politicians, Stu. They're not. Amen, Pat. <laughs> Amen. Oh, my God. That's what happens. Is this not worth remembering, though, from the campaign? Mm -hmm. Well, they're not politicians. Right. Yep. That's why they're screwing everything up. Yep. I mean, say all you want about we, we're draining the swamp and we're tired of politicians, but... I mean, these rookies, these people who have no experience and no depth of knowledge in the way things operate in the government, 
Is that a good thing? No, it's turning out to be a really bad thing. Well, it's true. And, and, and they're in total chaos, and, and they're being scammed by this guy. Now, remember, these are people who mocked John Podesta for getting caught in a Russian hacking scandal when he right. clicked on the, on the mm-hmm. email, by the way, which was approved by his IT people, which is one of the worst IT failures in modern history. Uh-huh. Um, but listen to this. this. And I guess all IT failures are in modern history. <laughs> Yes, yeah, probably true. There wasn't one in, like, ancient Greece. <laughs> um, so that we know of. That we know of, right. So listen mm. to this. And you say it's no big deal, it's just stupid crap like that. All right, fine. Listen to this. One such exchange appears to have possibly played a role in the tensions between the White House Communications Director, Anthony Scaramucci, who resigned from his job earlier today, this story from yesterday, and since fired White House Chief of Staff Rights Priebus. Masquerading as Priebus, the prankster emailed Scaramucci's official account using a Mail.com account on Saturday, the day after Priebus's resignation was announced. I had promised myself, this is fake Reince Priebus writing. Um, I had promised myself I would leave my hands mud free, but after reading your tweet today, which stated how soon we will learn who the media, who has class and who hasn't, it has pushed me to this. That tweet was breathtakingly hypocritical, even for you. At no stage have you acted in a way that's even remotely classy, yet you believe that this, that's the standard by which everyone should behave towards you? And General this is Kel- the prankster? Yeah. General Kelly will do a fine job. I even admit he'll do a better job than me. But, but, but the way in which the transition has come about has been diabolical and hurtful. I don't re- expect a reply. The real Scaramucci replies to the fake Priebus. Says, you know what you did. We all do, even today. But rest assured, we were prepared. A man would apologize. So fake Priebus writes back. I can't believe you're questioning my ethics. The so-called mooch who can't even manage his first week in the White House without leaving upset in his wake. Again, like leaving upset in his wake. How did you not know this is, this is <laughs> it's not, it's not the way people talk? The rest right? of it, though, was pretty good. Yeah. I have nothing to apologize for. The real Scaramucci replies, Amazing. read Shakespeare, particularly Othello. You are right there. My family is fine, by the way, and will thrive. I know what you did. No more replies from me. In another exchange, um, Scaramucci was hoodwinked by the same prankster wow. pretending him to be ambassador to Russia designate John Huntsman Jr. Now, again, this is fake John Huntsman writing to real Scaramucci. Uh, whose head should roll first? Maybe I can help things along so somewhat. The real Scaramucci says both of them, uh, referring to Priebus and Steve Bannon. Um, are you in, and then they talk about meeting up in Moscow and everything else. Oh my I mean, gosh! I, you know, pretty. It's pretty. It's a good juicy story, man. Yeah. That's the story of the day at any other yes. White House. And nobody's talking about it. And no it. one's even mentioning it. I wow. mean, pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, How I did guess, they find out that it was scam? Um, the the prankster uh, leaked it to, I guess, CNN, and they were able to verify that it was actually accurate. Again, it's not a huge story. Nothing oh. horrible came about it. And they asked the prankster about it, and they said, look, I was, I was just going for laughs. I wasn't going for the keys to the vault or anything. But what if they were? What if, I mean, mm-hmm. if you're a foreign government, how do you not see nonsense like this and think, we got to get take advantage of this while these people yeah. are still floundering and don't know what the hell they're doing? I would. I, I mean, I'm sure it's happening, right? I mean, they're not politicians, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, that's enough. That is enough, Donald. Uh, All right. Uh, another big Trump ally has been uh, kind of been hitting, been hit hard, and actually, it kind of relates to this program a little bit. Because uh, I think that's where people are getting this. Well, first of all, we were yes. we were the first mainstream show to mock Alex Jones. For sure, about it. there's in no any real way. about it. And no now question. it's everybody. Everybody does it. Okay, yeah. everybody's on the bandwagon now. Uh-huh. I have to believe though, we were definitely the first uh, show to mock Ed Group. 
Yes. <laughs> well, I was just railing about, I think, earlier, like, two weeks ago. Not long. About how he was saying how, uh, you know, everyone who, uh, of course, he started, he, he violated uh, cardinal rule number one with Stu, which was to bash aspartame, I think, or GMOs or something. <laughs> uh, so I was going crazy on the guy. Just being like, this guy, this, how can this guy even be a doctor? He's being touted as this guy from MIT. Well, John Oliver, who I'm not, I can't say I'm a fan of John Oliver. However, when he's on your side, it's pretty fun. Like, I can understand why liberals like John Oliver, because at times he's pretty funny. And also, mm-hmm. I, I, you're right. I, your mm-hmm. hesitation there is, I think, fair. Mm-hmm. At times he's pretty funny and you go, eh. That's about the reaction I have over the guy. Yeah, it's the same act. It is uh, the same act. Time after time after time. Um, but, okay. but you like when he takes up little things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, not a lot of people really go this far into depth on Alex Jones and what a sham he is. Yeah. Um, even though he does look a lot like Jeff. Can, we, can, can we put this over there <laughs> and, and get him to do the pose again? Because this is the one I love. This yes. is <laughs> go ahead. Come like, on. You're even dressed. Like, you even got a brown shirt on today. Oh, yeah. This is going to be a good one. All today. right. Let's see. This, so this, <laughs> like he even knows to roll his sleeves up. Well, I'm looking at the picture. You've memorized the picture. Let's be honest this is about great. it. Great. Uh, <laughs> Wait, you got to move forward because you're not right in his face. Yeah, you get back up just a little bit. Or back, back up. up. Okay. Yeah, okay. There you go. I mean, it's basically <laughs> is, identical. It's just your twins. You're freaking twins. <laughs> so uh oliver did a piece i like um, water turning the freaking frogs gay that was featured uh prominently yeah. in this particular piece uh from john oliver let's uh let's start <laughs> off with one of the what he really went into the products which is interesting to, to us yeah. we've talked about yeah. them before of course as well uh however he went into some that we have never talked about uh here's one of the products that you'll enjoy Two-thirds of his funding reportedly comes from selling his products, and there are a lot of them. And the reason I know that is we bought a whole bunch. Now, let, let me put oh, wow. it down for you. There is a wow. super male vitality, a super female vitality, Wake Up America Patriot Blend Coffee, Lung Cleanse, Brain Force Plus, uh, something called DNA Force that costs $120 a bottle, and Child wow. Ease, a, a herbal blend, uh, which, according to InfoWars, is designed to soothe the mind and bodies of children, which is a profoundly creepy phrase. (laughs) And then there is Caveman True Paleo Formula with Bone Broth, a chocolate-flavoured drink mix made from bee pollen, stevia, and the dust of chicken skeletons. Now, according to InfoWars, it is one of the most popular new health trend in the world today. (laughs) And by the look on Jones's face, it tastes exactly as good as it sounds. Pour that in on a couple of ice cubes. Folks who taste when it's creamy and His his drinking of this is tremendous. Yeah, watch his face. It's like Ovaltine. Okay. He says that. So much more. Bone broth. And so much more. The ancients, they believe, were, had such better bones and were so much healthier. You can look it up. Right. This, I'm going to look it up. This. This be better than you like can always look it up. Watch this, though. Mm. Oh. Enough <laughs> 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 of that. Alex Jones did not enjoy drinking that glass of caveman. Because I have got a glass of caveman right here. And I can confirm to you that it tastes. <laughs> it tastes exactly how you imagine a drink would taste that's made from chocolate and domesticated bird corpses. It, it comes at you in waves. Oh, man. <laughs> I gotta say, the, uh, his face is tremendous there. And he says, I mean, think about the sell of saying this tastes as good as bluebell chocolate ice cream. Uh, I no. mean, it, no, it no. doesn't. Like, no. I know. 
<laughs> and you can um, tell it doesn't. And you can tell it doesn't by his it's face. It's creamy. It's delicious. <laughs> he almost vomits uh, after he takes a drink. Another observation we've made, by the way, uh, in this next clip uh, is uh, the incredible effects of the weight loss formula he was taking for a yes. while. This oh. is pretty amazing. Yes. <laughs> a warning now to our younger viewers. The following footage of a man graphically too comfortable with his own body may be disturbing. Just 10 minutes before we taped this, decided to do this because I haven't done this in a while. We took photos a year ago and then about six months ago and the weight loss is dramatic already from what happened before. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, so you're redder and you're wearing a belt. The only thing I can discern happened between those two photos is that you walked shirtless in the sun for two hours to a belt store. <laughs> you could flip those two photos around and the effect would be exactly the same. That's a really, really that good. That was well done. Really good telling uh, story right there. <laughs> okay, so you're red. <laughs> Um, now, Dr. Ed Group has been one of our, fa uh, oh, our favorite yes. targets. We love him. Um, because he's so credible. Of, with all well, things he's a lot doctory. better than Steve Individual. No. Dr. Steve Individual <laughs> is not as good as Ed Group. That's a great point. Uh, here is uh, John Oliver on Dr. Ed Group. All right. Despite the fact that Dr. Group looks like what would happen if Tom Petty was machine-washed instead of dry-cleaned, <laughs> Alex Jones swears by him. In fact, he's been pretty defensive about Dr. Group's credentials. There is a matter you've got degrees from MIT and everywhere else, and, and a bunch of other degrees. The media makes fun of you and says that you're an idiot. <laughs> That's right. I mean, literally, they say we cannot sell coffee. It's a fraud. That's right. That's right. I, I, I've been a research scientist for a long time. I do have, I am MIT alumni, and I can tell you that I do research all the time. Okay, stop. <laughs> uh, let's break down that bunch of degrees Jones mentioned. Group does have a Doctor of Chiropractic degree from Texas Chiropractic College, but while he listed, lists all these other schools on LinkedIn, we checked, and he didn't graduate from any of them. In fact, <laughs> we asked him, and he admits he does not have an undergraduate degree. And as for whether he's an MIT alumni, he only completed a non-degree certificate program there. In fact, just to be sure, we contacted MIT, and according to them, it is not accurate to say he has a degree from MIT, <laughs> and calling him an alumni would be inaccurate and misleading. Which <laughs> does make sense when you think about it, because this man does not look like an MIT alumnus. He looks like a fifth-year senior at the University of Falling Off a Surfboard. <laughs> so, so, just to clarify, Alex, that is what we are making fun of when we make fun of Dr. Group. Well, that and the fact that he looks like what would happen if Iggy Pop got the Rachel. I gotta say, it's a uh, uh, it's a pretty good piece. Uh, and, and part of it is just because Alex Jones is such a douche. Is Alex Jones in the Douche Hall of Fame, by the way? Oh, he's gotta be, right? Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Are you serious, really? Oh, I think we've done relevancy clause, but he may yeah, have. He may have crossed. He may I have... think he's crossed that line. Now, I don't know if he'd get in yeah, because he, you know, know. he has his defenders. Yeah, he does. Um, particularly online. Uh, so maybe they would gang up. But I, it's an interesting vote. And speaking of the douche hall of fame, while we're just talking and kicking some things around, we also had uh, requests to uh, vote on a new grand nozzle, uh, Bill Nye. 
That's right. And we had another uh, yeah. one the other day, too. Marissa, I sent you another uh, suggestion huh. for the Douche Hall of Fame. Oh, Chris Christie was another one people were suggesting yeah. for Chris. I mean, he's he, been, he, he's been, yeah. uh, he's been pretty good, too. Asked about for a while. So yeah, we got, we, he's we, worth it. Well, let's yeah. do a break tomorrow. Let's break all these things down in the Douche Hall of Fame. Because it's been a, a long time since we've had an induction. And we'll have maybe a vote on Thursday. Yeah. Um, so, okay. okay, so that's coming up. Uh, one more thing Be here. a good week to do it, too, because the uh, Football Hall of Fame uh, happens this week. Oh, that, uh, where I mean, Kurt Warner goes in. Kurt Warner goes in, uh, Ladanian Tomlinson, mm-hmm. and uh, somebody else too, who I can't remember. But kind of uh, putting Kurt Warner in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's oh, yeah, awesome. He I love Kurt. I Warner. will say, uh, kind of demeaning to compare them. Honestly, uh, I mean, the yeah, Hall well, of Fame is a much bigger deal. <clears throat> uh, but whatever. Yes, yes, football has a Hall of Fame yeah. too. I guess <laughs> that's the tie. <laughs> um, and finally, uh, <laughs> here's uh, now Infowars. As you know, they're struggling. Yeah. Um, now, yeah, yeah, sure, they're selling a lot of supplements, but can they pay the bills? I don't know. He's always on the verge of not being able to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Here, oh, uh, really by the way, one of the interesting things they said in here, I don't know if it's in any of these clips, and it wasn't worth pulling as a clip, but that they did a, they watched for, I don't know, a period of time to study a quarter of the time. I, th- I think it was 20, quarter or 20 minutes hour an hour. Of a four-hour show, right? It was a four-hour show. Yeah. yeah, I remember. I couldn't remember yeah, exactly 20, what the line was. 25% or 30% was of the show was commercials. Hawking. Of him talking really? about his own products. Wow. Now, look, you might say, like, hey, so you guys... an hour yeah. of it? An hour, it was an hour, yeah, that's right. It was an hour of the four-hour show. Wow. It was completely made up of commercials My for gosh. his own products. I mean, wow. how does anyone sit through that stuff all the time? Anyway, here is, uh, here's the last uh, clip on uh, the financial situation of InfoWars. It's like an NPR pledge drive for people who hate NPR. Because to listen to Jones, InfoWars is perpetually on the edge of disaster. He even has a link on the InfoWars store where you can just give him money to help fund the fight against tyranny. And contributors have left comments like, $25 may not be much, but I know every little bit helps. But Jones seems to be doing a bit more than just keeping his head above water. Ex-employees describe a thriving business, with one saying he can sell 500 supplements in an hour. It's like QVC for conspiracy. (laughs) And in one of those clips we showed earlier, we noticed he's wearing what looks like a Rolex watch worth around $8,000, which... cool. And, you know, as we looked around, we noticed he also seems to have another two different Rolexes. And, you know, cooler. And here's the thing, that is honestly fine. He can have fancy watches. There is nothing wrong with him getting paid. I get paid to make this show, but it does fight with his message that he needs you to buy products to help keep his show going. And even Alex Jones seems to be a little self-conscious about that. This is great. But don't worry, he's reconciled it in a truly amazing way. I wear a blue sports coat and a Rolex because it's a symbol of middle class and humanity having prosperity and promoting human prosperity from a perspective of empowering humanity and stealing the image of a man in a sports jacket with a Rolex that is the satanic image. So I grew <laughs> what? so that I could enter their world and show you what? that none of it means anything. Wow. I mean, that is that mental is gymnastics at a level. Wow. He, he wears a Rolex and dresses in nice clothes. So that he can enter the world of bad people and take back the image of having nice things. I, I can't even follow it. I want to watch it again. No, yeah, please watch it again. Can yeah. we watch it one more time, that last clip? Um, uh, because <sighs> there's, a, I mean, there's another great clip they have in here. You should really go watch. It's worth the 22 minutes if you like this sort of stuff. Uh, but there is one clip where they show him trying to justify one of the products that is like... It, 
again, the, he's kind of like he's saying like, look, this is not GMO, but it kind of is GMO. But it, I should tell you, it is GMO. But the bacteria is GMO. <laughs> like he's trying to like justify this weird line that his product does not live up to these ridiculous standards he's set. Wow. And he keeps giving qualifier after qualifier. It's almost Dr. Maslowski level. Yeah, it's pretty quali- close. And there was also there was also another great one in there. And I, I, you know, obviously there's too many to pull for for this bit. But they where he was in the middle of screaming and yelling, and then he makes the. I mean, he hits the brakes. Right to Brian. Oh yeah, yeah, one of those. Uh, I mean, it was yeah, that was very funny. Again, it's worth your time. Uh, but here is the <laughs> last clip. One more time. Try to follow the justification as to why he has an eight thousand dollars. And watch. I also like the symbol of middle class. Yes, yes. the Rolex and the two thousand dollar coat are middle class. It's middle class. Okay, let's go. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's like an NPR pledge drive for people who hate NPR. Because to listen to Jones, InfoWars is perpetually on the edge of disaster. He even has a link on the InfoWars store where you can just give him money to help fund the fight against tyranny. And contributors have left comments like, $25 may not be much, but I know every little bit helps. But Jones seems to be doing a bit more than just keeping his head above water. Ex-employees describe a thriving business, with one saying he can sell 500 supplements in an hour. It's like QVC for conspiracy. <laughs> and in one of those clips we showed line. earlier, we noticed he's wearing what looks like a Rolex watch worth around $8,000, which... cool. And, you know, as we looked around, we noticed he also seems to have another two different Rolexes. And, you know, cooler. And here's the thing, that is honestly fine. He can have fancy watches, there is nothing wrong with him getting paid. I get paid to make this show, but it does fight with his message that he needs you to buy products to help keep his show going. And even Alex Jones seems to be a little self-conscious about that disconnect. But don't worry, he's reconciled it in a truly amazing way. (laughs) I wear a blue sports coat and a Rolex because it's a symbol of middle class and humanity having prosperity and promoting human prosperity from a perspective of empowering humanity and stealing the image of a man in a sports jacket with a Rolex that is the satanic image. So I dress as a Satanist so that I can enter their world and show you that none of it means anything. I mean, that is one of the most amazing... That's an absolutely bizarre explanation that doesn't explain anything. Uh, He said it's a Boone sport coat. I'm not even familiar with that. I thought you said blue. Is it a blue? I think the problem you're that having... was the big differentiation. Is it's blue? I think, I think <laughs> what you're having trouble with there is that he can't really speak. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, okay, but that's a minor issue. Wow, but that, that is, is it's an amazing thing that is because absolutely amazing. Obviously, if you listen to this show or you walk, even in the radio show, you, you probably have seen and heard a lot of those things before. But <laughs> I mean, to see all of them put together is is Correct. It's, it's amazing. Pretty amazing. It's a. It's I the other thing I took offense to uh, comes very early on in this. Uh, if you, again, you should go watch the whole thing because it's it's fascinating. Uh, but the, even uh, John Oliver says that the estimate of his listenership is 6.9 yeah. yeah, million right. a is week. Yeah. That is insanity. No. There is no way he has 6.9 listeners, let alone 6.9 no. million. Now, he has a big on online now. audience, right? That pe- and if, you, if you go do the type of thing where you include people watching his 9-11 conspiracy theory thing that he made 10 years ago on YouTube... You can get to a big number of, of the of his work. If you watch clips, viewed, maybe. Right? If yeah. you watch clips, but his radio show but has no one nothing to his radio like show. that. Nobody does. 
I mean, really, nobody listens to his radio show. Um, you know, he has he makes a decent amount of money from um, from his supplements. his supplements and such. Which, as they point out in there, one of one of the supplements that they're selling, they sell for twenty five dollars and is available online and other, from other sources for three. Wow, um, I think three or four. Do you remember, Jeffy? It was three. I don't, but the mark wow. the markup, the markup is, is absolutely yeah. insane, and that's where he's making it. If you buy a product right. for two dollars and other people are selling it for three, and you're selling it for twenty five, you're going to make some cash. Yeah. yeah. If, if people will stick yeah. around, and he, you know, he and he's he he's one of those guys. He's a very good niche salesman. If you believe that. Uh, George Bush took down the Twin Towers and that, mm-hmm. you know, Sandy Hook didn't happen. <clears throat> well, you believe this guy. And so when he tells you that it's better than the other supplements, you kind of go along with it. Mm-hmm. So it's an, it really is an interesting approach. It's a fascinating part of our society um, that is really changing. I mean, you know, some of the books that Glenn's had us read walk through, I think, a lot of the reasons why someone like Alex Jones could possibly be successful. Um, you know, the, there are really positive aspects of tribes and tribal leadership in these books that he's talked about, um, but they can be used by people like Alex Jones for the exact opposite ends. Um, and I think that's mm-hmm. really what's, a lot of that is what's, you know, what's really gone on. It's, it becomes a, because of the power of sharing and having a community, a lot of communities suck. You know, ask the people who, uh, you know, drank Kool-Aid in the middle of Africa. You know, I'm like, it's not a, you know, it's not a, not always a good thing to have community. <laughs> You know, it really, well, it's not always good. That's why I'm happy that Alex is willing to walk into Satan's world with his blue <laughs> sport coat and his and robe. show you that it, it doesn't mean anything. Take it away from them. And I will say, yeah. does Alex Jones make some mistakes? Yes, but he's not a politician. He is not prepared necessarily <laughs> for all of these outcomes. Thank you. Did Donald Trump tell you to say that? No, of course not. Why would Donald Trump ever? Did he tell you to say that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Oh, man. I mean, he might be right. Alex might be right about some kind of disaster that that could be on the way. I mean, there might be. And I don't even know that he believes there could be an economic, probably not under Trump. He probably doesn't believe, but there could be an economic disaster. Deep state. Deep state. Deep state could do it to him. Could. He's the toughest guy in the world, but sometimes he gets bullied by everybody. (laughs) <laughs> and that's a problem. <laughs> it's an yeah. odd. It's uh, tough to there. make all their connections work. But I can tell you, you don't have to be an Alex Jones believer to think that things could go wrong in our society. They do go wrong. And, you know, there is a level of nuttiness, right? You can get to the point where your entire house is filled with survival supplies. Uh, yeah, but there's also a real sensible base level that you should mm-hmm. take your family to. Uh, where, you know, maybe you have some food in case things go wrong. It could be a natural disaster. It could be a man-made disaster, like a terrorist attack. Mm-hmm. Um, something that, you know, that changes uh, the way our food chain operates, in, you know, for a short term or long term. Why not take some steps to knock that out for yourself? Yeah, and you, you, can, you can do almost any amount of time for any amount of preparedness with My Patriot Supply. You can do the 72-hour kit, which takes care of you for three days, and you get one of those for the whole family. And you just you make sure that for three days you're going to be fine. Or you can go up to uh, a more uh, an increased level, but still moderate, with 102 serving survival food supply for just $99. And that's shipped to you for free. We're talking breakfast, lunch, dinner. They have this great Southwest savory rice, which is included in this. It lasts up to 25 years in storage, and it's less than a dollar per serving. Really good food. Call them today, 888-411-5290. Don't put it off any longer. 888-411-5290 or preparewiththeblaze.com. Oh, okay, this, you know, if you're a global warming enthusiast, you believe that the Earth is 
going to be destroyed by CO2. It does seem to be um, that there actually are enthusiasts too, which you're not supposed to be enthusiastic oh, about global warming, but, but man, they people are. seem to be. They are. Mm. Uh, according to a new study, the planet has just a 5% chance of reaching the Paris climate goal. <laughs> That's a, it's okay. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. You're also, by the way, uh, optimistic. But even if you got to the Paris climate goal, you still haven't fixed the problem. Well, the Paris, the Paris climate goal, yeah, first of all, doesn't solve the problem. Second of all, that's not actually what the Paris Agreement did. It did not say that you had to limit it to two degrees. Notice the wording there, the climate goal. So the first part of the climate agreement, which we are going to pull out of or have pulled out of, um, is something that does almost no difference at all to the temperature. They say that if you do 90 times that goal, you can eliminate you can limit it to uh, the to two degrees. Oh, um, but just, but 90, just times? 90 times. So it's what pretty they say. pretty achievable, right? Uh, then, so right? I would say there is absolutely no chance that they do it. However, wow. uh, if you want to say five percent, I'm going to say you're very optimistic. I am selling at five percent. I also love the fact that uh, one of these weather bureaus, the the Australian Weather Bureau, has been caught again. Uh, tampering with temperatures and messing up uh, the way in which we record temperature, and so they've uh, and they've been caught in the past with this too. They were they were caught lowering the temperature so it looks like it's hotter now mm-hmm. to make it look like we've had uh, warming when there was none over an entire decade. In fact, they say that there was actually slight cooling in Australia over that time period, but they rearranged everything. To make it look, and how many how many stories do we have to hear of this before, you know, these people are discredited? We, yeah, uh, there isn't a number. There is a number. Uh, there or is there not a number. There is not a number. There's there is no not number. A number that can occur. That, yeah, I honestly that think will, that that's the truth. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you, we brought this up yesterday, and we were talking uh, off the air, I think, uh, about global warming uh, over on the radio side, and you brought up a story that was about snowfall in which the increased amount of snowfall and the decrease amount of snowfall were both were talked both about as indicative. indicative of global warming. Yes. Well, then, yeah, of course global warming's true. Right. If that's the definition of it, right. then of course it's true, because if, it's every possibility. Yeah, if no matter what happens, it's global warming, then how do global you fight with true. that? You can't. That's a great way to formulate an argument. And they have. Somehow we've allowed them to do that. To Let me give you an example of this, Pat. Let's say uh, Jeffy walks up to... Um, uh, Jeffy walks up to a, a teenager on the streets, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now, if Jeffy walks up and he is he decides to uh, kidnap the, the teenager on the streets, right? Mm-hmm. We would say he's a bad person. Okay. Okay. But if Jeffy walks up and goes and helps this teenager on the streets and brings them to a healthy meal, we would also say it was creepy. Yeah. So either way, <laughs> the result is we say Jeffy is creepy. Yes. Even though both things he did were completely different. Yeah. One of them was really well-intentioned. The other one was maybe not so much. But we still would end on the answer that Jeffy's creepy. And that is how people have it with global warming. No matter what happens in society, no matter what happens to the earth, everything is indicative of global warming. And under that definition, well, then, yes, of course global warming is real. Because everything is indicative of it. So if everything proves it, then yeah, I guess under that definition, they're right. But when you actually look at it with a little bit of a critical eye, I think a lot of it falls apart. That's not the case with Jeffy, obviously. He really I mean, is, obviously. He really is creepy. Obviously. Why would I 
give a teenager food, help him out. <laughs> that's true. You wouldn't well, you that. wouldn't. No, I'm not you saying it's, That's why I said it was hypothetical. I mean, it was a preposterous hypothetical, <laughs> but it was a hypothetical mm-hmm. nonetheless. The other thing is on global warming, I don't know if we've talked about this, but according to uh, NASA, mm-hmm. sea levels are falling. Yeah, but who's right? NASA? A bunch of conspiracy theorists. Did <laughs> you see that on InfoWars? Sea levels going down. Uh, if this is such big news, why hasn't it been mentioned? NASA's satellite sea level observations for the past 24 years show that on average, sea levels have been rising 3.4 millimeters per year. Mm-hmm. That's 0.134 inches, about the thickness of a dime and a nickel stacked together per year. I mean, and okay? stop and think about this for just a second. That's the I- average. I have confidence in scientists, but the idea that they can measure the rise of the ocean to the width of a dime is a bit absurd. That, Let's yes, be honest about it. That's, true. that's not real. That's true. And since that's the average, if you take a look at 2016 and 2017, you get a different picture. Because the sea levels fell in 2016, and they're falling this year, too. Mm. So they're actually going uh, And to think if the down. sea levels are rising by a dime width or lowering by a dime's length. To think that after we rose 20 dimes, humans wouldn't say, you know, we should probably build something so that the water doesn't go over it. You would adapt to it, is what you would do. Just like they have in every situation, like in Galveston, where these things have happened. They adapted to those changes. In 1906, they raised the city. Mm -hmm. That's what happened. 17 feet. Um, We're going to take a quick break. I will say, though, if you're going on Facebook today, go to my Facebook page and share the Al Gore video. Um, about his lies in this movie. Uh, it's going fairly viral today, and I would love your help uh, spreading it out there because people need to know the truth about Gore and his ridiculous claims. Back in a second. Interesting flavor combination today on spoons. It's Little Debbie orange cream cakes. Mm. Now, if you look at the box here, you see right here the indication of what they're going for, which is a creamsicle vibe. I love um, creamsicles. Out of a cake. I'm a big fan of the creamsicle vibe as well. I Um, like them. In a cake form, it's an interesting proposal, but I'm going to get it. We've got Hank's orange cream. Oh, that is so good. So freaking good. And Little Debbie's are usually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So here we go. Uh, Let's give it a whirl. By the way, there's some new IHOP stuff coming out, and uh, I'm very excited to be trying that soon. So, so there's a little preview. Why don't we have that today? Well, I don't oh, think it's really out How come we don't have that today? Now you're eating Do you it know already. what it is? Uh, it's um, French toast donuts or something? I don't know. Oh, wow. Here's the inside oh. of what you're looking at mm. here. You get an wow. orangey cake. Oh. A little cream filling there. How's I the moistness? I love orange things. Me yeah. too. This has a really good dominating orange flavor. That's a dog. Mm. Delicious. Oh, yeah. That's really good. That's good. Mm. Oh, man. I wasn't expecting much from this, and it delivered. Really? Yeah. Now, the cake is... You don't like it much? It's okay. I mean, like, the cake like is, it. uh, you know, it's not, it's not super moist, mm. but there's not a lot of it, so no, it kind of gets not. overwhelmed mm-hmm. by the cream. But the taste is really good. It's it got is. a good flavor. And it's nice and long, too, which makes it easy to dip. <laughs> Milk! Oh, man. I mean, really, like, his only job in this segment is he just tries to find a way to say milk. I know. Um, it's, the, mm. the cream itself is, has that sort of sugary, like, granular... Uh, vibe to it, so um, uh-huh. I mean it's pretty good. good. It definitely has an orange flavor. I don't know that I could do more than one mm. of them though. It's like a it's a taste that might overwhelm you. Yeah, boy, I wouldn't be able to eat more than one of these. I think I'm gonna give it. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a 12. It's not it's not a home run product for me, it's, but mm. it's not bad. This it, is a 15 for me. Wow. Oh yeah, it's way still. better than a 12. Mm-hmm. What is and it? If you think I could 
only eat maybe one box. <laughs> <laughs>So if you uh, missed the radio show today, you missed Glenn kind of breaking down the inner circle of Trump. And he did a really it was a really interesting uh, kind of way he's diagrammed it on a chalkboard. Um, He went over it initially uh, last night on Think Tank. And uh, I I don't know if he's going to be doing a little bit more of it today, but uh, you really should watch the breakdown. It's, It's kind of an interesting look inside the White House. And it happened last night. So, Nathan, we were just talking about Rex Tillerson. Which category do you think he fits into? Because I don't think he fits into the... Yeah, we didn't put him on the board. Um, I'm guessing you mentioned, Jason, that he, he works well with, with Mattis and yeah. McMaster. Maybe he goes in number three down there. I don't think he does. I don't think he's that... He doesn't seem to be that strong hawk. You know, this part of Donald Trump is is more of, and I don't mean this, I don't mean, <laughs> this part is the Vladimir Putin part of Donald Trump that scares the hell out of me. This part is the strong uh, president who says, get the hell out of my way, okay? So this is the spooky part of Donald Trump. This is the hawkish part of Donald Trump. I don't think Rex Tillerson fits there. Yeah, and the thing is, we, we built this off his four cores, but like Ali brought up in the break too, like Kelly and Conway, I think there's a lot of like people who are a part of his overall circle, yeah. but these are his pillars. Yes, and I think, I think actually uh, uh, Tillerson might fit here because Tillerson is more of a, hey, let's, let's, let's just do things right here. Let's, let's slow down and just put the pieces in right. At least that's the feeling that I have. He's not a gung-ho anything, and I don't think these guys are either. I would disagree with calling what we're saying the war area, the general's wing, as being hawkish, really. I mean, it seems like Mattis, Kelly, or at least Mattis and McMaster have been very, more like realists. I mean, no matter what Trump says that sounds crazy on the world stage. In comparison of what we've had. Comparison, I mean hawkish, comparison to what we've had. Not Ronald Reagan, even hawkish. Just comparison of what we had of let's go in with strategic plans and we're going to kill the bad guys. Right. So. Right. I guess it's because saying hawkish, it sounds kind of negative. Like, I would say that American Obama values. wasn't hawkish enough on certain areas. Yeah, he wasn't. Areas. So compared to what we had. But I, mm-hmm. I just mean by hawks, I mean somebody who's not a dove. I mean, somebody who's, you know, we've, we've tried that. Let's just all get along and be nice to each other. It's not going to work with ISIS. Right. And they know that. But I would put Tillerson probably with those. I would personally put them with those guys because he seems to be more of a realist in that sense. And that just seems like that's the rumor of why. I think Tillerson is a guy who, if he leaves, he does damage to this whole strategy. you got to keep Tillerson alive because Tillerson, to me, is a guy who... I think people perceive as um, not a part of anybody's club, just trying to do the right thing and get it done. I don't think he necessarily fits into any of those. And it's interesting when you look at him by comparison to these other people involved, he looks incredibly uh, presidential or in charge or a leader. He looks like a leader by comparison. He does. Tillerson? Yeah. But the way he's handling the State Department, I guess that's a whole The State Department's a different No, 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 wait a minute, hang on. Remember, that's the State Department according to Tillerson, up here saying no, 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 and part of Donald Trump that's saying they won't kiss my ring. Tillerson is coming out and saying, 
I can't get anything done because he and these guys are demanding a kiss of the ring. Yeah. And nobody, I don't have enough of those people that will do that. So, so that's the so does all of this palace intrigue, does that affect his support? Um, I think that it probably does in some ways. What we're seeing, a new report um, on NBC came out saying that his support in states like Wyoming, West Virginia, North Dakota has gone up, job approval rating which, which, anyway. Which, which ones? Wyoming, North Dakota, and West Virginia has gone up a lot, 20 to 25 points. Um, the commonality that all of those states have is that they're rural. They're not really big on diversity. Um, and also the energy. fossil fuel production. Yeah, energy. Absolutely. Right. Um, so that's the big thing there. But if you look at, for example, um, in Iowa and Ohio, they might be holding a little bit, but they look like the approval's going down. And then if you look at Arizona, Texas, Georgia, um, all of those have gone down a lot, seven to nine points um, underwater. So I think what we're seeing is that people are looking at President Trump as a results-based presidency. What are you going to do for me? Are you going to make my life better? And if not, then I don't approve of you. Makes total, I, makes total sense yeah. to me because a lot of those areas where he's, where he's got a high support base, those are the forgotten people. It's still That's the forgotten right. people. It's the, it's the people that are hurting. You look at uh, Arizona, I think their GDP increased, doubled uh, last year. Uh, Texas, we're doing fine. Georgia, they're doing fine. It's kind of like a hierarchy of needs. Well, we're doing fine. We can concentrate right. on all these little other things that are ticking us off, you know, in the media. That means to us and his principles. But they don't care up there. They're just hurting, and they want someone to stop it. Right. And that's why I think these guys are so important, because they're the ones who do all the triangulation and who's hurting, who can we make into the boogeyman. Press, not good enough. Okay, how about the GOP? Yeah. Not good enough. How about this person, this industry, this country? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what they do is win that election. And I will tell you, I'm, I'm, um, I, I got an email from somebody in Washington this weekend that said, is it time for a third party yet? And, you know, with the, with the numbers the way they are, Allie, and the way that Mitch McConnell is doubling down He's just doubling down. He's going after, you know, the conservative wing of the party and spending a lot of money to stop them. What does that look like in the end? Not good. <laughs> Not good. Uh, like, I think we're, we're already seeing, like, like you were talking about, Bannon. That's basically, remember Clinton's war room? That's kind of who they are to Trump. But I think... I think what we're going to see over the next three and a half years is a Democrat base that is going to be energized by this. Yes. Because I don't know if you guys saw this over the weekend, but Trump already has his first official 2020 challenger. <laughs> we're three and a half years away from the election, and we have a, we have a challenger already. Who is he? Um, John Delaney. Oh, sure. John Delaney. Yeah, John oh, Delaney. Absolutely. That makes perfect. Yeah. Of course. Oh, yeah. So John Delaney. Who the hell is John Delaney? District. What? Congressman from Maryland's 6th District. Oh, from oh, yeah. the 6th District. Oh, and look He's at him. Fist, he yeah. looks like a winner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a character on a sitcom. <laughs> well, he, he said he's not running for re-election, and he's not running for the governor's race in Maryland. He's running for president. He's crazy. Okay. <laughs> yes. He's so crazy. I, I decided to look it up. The first person to announce for the 2016 election was Ted Cruz. That was March 23rd, 2015. That was 315 days before the Iowa caucuses. Went back all the way to 72. The person 
the, the person who announced the farthest out was a Republican by the name of Pete DuPont. Sure. Mm -hmm. I, I, it was in the 1988 cycle. Oh, yeah. He announced 615 days before the Iowa caucuses. I don't even know how many days we are from the Iowa caucus because they haven't even announced the dates yet. We are three and a half years away from the next election, and he has a challenger. I think, I think the Democrats are going to experience something the Republicans did in 2016, a historically big field, and they're going to be energized. The debate stage is going to look so ridiculous. It's going to be like Wolf Blitzer and like a celebrity. Like 45 box, candidates like up there. Like, like Hollywood Squares. Hollywood yeah. Squares. Guys, let's not make fun of them. We're the ones with, uh, you know, Kid Rock. Yeah. The game show guy. I mean, ours would look like the Hollywood hey, give squares. Give us a moment. We need a moment. <laughs> and I think that we can all laugh at them because what impact are they really going to have? Probably not that much. But I think they have more symbolic significance than anything else. That we do have someone that this far ahead wants to run against Donald Trump. What does that say about Donald Trump? What does that say about the Republican Party? What does that say about the Democratic Party and where the feelings lie? So I actually do think it's significant simply for the fact that he raised himself up. And did said anybody that he's notice do it. that the moderates in both parties this weekend were starting to shop around the Health Care Stabilization Act? Mm -hmm. To me, that screams winner. It may not be this time, yeah. but it screams. If Donald Trump cannot get stuff done, the GOP cannot get stuff done, and the Democrats can't get stuff done, they're going to look to somebody who will get something done. And that there is a, you know, you look at things now where, where the country is split. It'll be, you know, 30% for, 30% against, and the rest of them, I don't know. And it's the I don't knows that could swing this that just say, I don't know how to fix it, but I thought the key word was really important. Just stabilize it. And we can decide later. Right. Just, just, just stop the just bad. stabilize things. Just stop. It's a really ingenious word to use.